This is the Mitch Gray Show, where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership. Subscribe to the Mitch Gray Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip, inspire, and empower you to lead well. And now, the Mitch Gray Show. What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Thanks for joining us for another episode. I am your host, Mitch Gray small business leadership consultant and author of the newly released How to Hire and Keep Great People. So make sure you go order that new book. Um, Please subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show anywhere you listen to podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where we post the majority of our shows and other tools to help you lead well. Great guest today, another um, fellow author and creator So we're going to get into some fun stuff. And I want to give you a warning. Um, This is not going to be our normal show of of intentional leadership focus, but we're going to talk about some fun things creatively. Uh, So many people often say, Mitch, I'd love to write a book. What What does that entail? And so I love bringing fellow authors on to talk more about having the courage to create. So Miss Karina Cantus, welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. I'm doing really well. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for joining. I was on your show, gosh, I guess a couple of months ago now. Time is flying by. Um, Your show is called Behind the Pen, and it's a great show. So that that was fun. Yeah, it's over your left shoulder for those watching on video. Yeah, that was a great time. We we talked about everything from music to books to business, (laughs) and we'll probably do the same today. So yeah, tell the people where you are in the world. I, as we can tell from my uh, accent, I'm British. I'm Mm -hmm. uh, born in the UK, but I'm living over on the beautiful island of Corfu in Greece. Ah, in Greece. That's amazing. I interviewed, let's see, um, another, uh, another podcast guest, Ken Attard, and he was on Malta. That's been about... Ah five or six months ago, I guess. So that's kind of, how close is Malta to you? I'm, I'm it's, super it's curious not. now. It's yeah, not? Yeah, no, it's not, it's not that close. But I've been there myself. It's really? a beautiful okay. little island. Yeah, it's amazing. We were complaining about technology before the show, but the miracle <laughs> of technology is that you and I are sitting here talking. Yeah, for how long, we don't know, because Gremlin's the planer. Right, right. But right. it's like being in the same room, you know, and yeah. you, you just... Having a comfortable chat with someone. It's really cool. Yeah. It is. Especially so, nowadays. Even through our frustrations, we still appreciate technology. And uh, we have to. We yeah, have to. So yeah. amazing. So amazing. Uh, Karina, you're an entrepreneur, an award winning author, an award winning filmmaker, um, a singer, and a self proclaimed lover of life. And so I kind of want to start with this. I, I like starting the show with a big question. Um, And as a writer and someone who's constantly creating, we know you have a new project coming out soon that maybe you'll get to eventually. But the big question I want to ask you as a writer, filmmaker, um, lover of life is what, how, let me phrase it this way. How important is creativity in regard to living a full life? So in other words, a lot of people just kind of go through the normal routine every day. And the next thing you know, 20 years has passed and they've never done something adventurous or creative. And it's kind of the same routine every day. So what yeah, I role- think you, you really have to have it in your blood. 
you ha- ah. you have to have that creativity in your blood i don't think um it can happen for everyone um and when we're saying creativity we're talking artistry for any everything from um writing drawing singing um uh, being an author uh, being a musician um you've got it in your blood when you start whether it come from family that had that used to play an instrument or your mum used to sing or whatever and it's came from that or you were born with it mm. you were born with the gift um i think uh, you can teach people how to be creative but um for someone who has it in their blood it's part of them there's no get running away from it there's no getting away from it right um whether you like it or not it's going to come out and uh you run with it and you you take it as far as you can you know there's never i think once you you've got that artistic talent you've got that creativity in your blood it's not just one thing mm. it's always two or three different hats that you're wearing to do with the creative process to do with uh, artistry um and um one might be um a lot more stronger than the other right and say right. say you're a really good singer and you draw your drawing is nothing compared to your voice but it's still you can still draw and you could actually sell your drawings you know so and then of course when you've got all these um creative uh, vibes and, and projects that you could do you can't take them all on at the same time right. you've got to uh, agree with yourself with your soul which one is more important which one can get you where you want to go and concentrate on that one so that makes me think of two things um we do have a lot of entrepreneurs and solopreneurs that listen to the show and I really think the principles that you're talking about, kind of those talents, giftings, you know, you say it's in your blood. I like to say it's in your DNA. It's just kind of who you are. (laughs) You know, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs are very much the same way. They may not view it as creative, but they have all these ideas for new businesses. They have all these ideas to do something else. And the, the proposal you just made is you've really got to prioritize and figure out how how to put your energy and effort into the most important right now, knowing that that's going to be the gateway to potentially doing the other things later. And, and, and I, yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work out, right. you've got the others to fall back on. You never, you know, they say never uh, look a gift horse in the mouth and, and uh, when opportunity knocks, take it. Well, that is so true. If something's handed to you, you, you go with it, you fly with it, yes. you see how far you can take it, uh, you learn from it. And when you get to the end of the road of that certain mm. project, then you've, you've, you've got another road that went off, but you didn't take it earlier. So you take a step back and you look at that other right. road. Right. And, and that's how it works. So as someone, how many books have you written, Karina? It's like 15 or so, isn't it? It's, it's up there. 13 published, another yeah. three in the oven, but I've done a lot of nonfiction, low content. So I've got about another six, seven, eight, about another 12 books of nonfiction, low wow. content, wow. like journals, mm. uh, diaries, and um, 
uh, coloring books and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So we're over, we're over the 20 mark now. That's amazing. That's amazing. So that's a lot of work. And for people that have never written a book, it's, it's a long process. It's a, you know, I always tell people books aren't written in six months. They're written in years. And they're certainly not worth 99 cents either. They're worth at least over $5. So stop being so cheap and going out and getting these free books. And because we put our heart and soul, we put our time, we put a lot of money. You wouldn't realize how much it costs to write and publish and market a book by a self-publishing author. And then to have to be forced to sell our book at 99 cents is wrong. And uh, I'm very against it. And I should be putting all my prices up really soon. So if you want a cheap book, pop it over to Amazon now. <laughs> look under Karina Ganters. Grab those books before I put my prices up. <laughs> well, well you, you know I agree with you. I'm the guy that never puts books on sale. So <laughs> I'm like, they're for <laughs> sale, not on sale. And so um, I, I I read a uh, something on social media the other day, and, and it was... I think it was actually a true story about some some uh, artist in the past, a historical figure. I can't remember which artist. And someone contacted this artist to uh, commission him to do a painting for the city or the government or whatever. And so he gave him a quote of like, you know, $30,000. I don't remember. And they're like, wow, that's expensive. You know, it's only going to take you like three hours to do this painting. And he goes, no, what you don't understand is I've been preparing for this for 30 years. This isn't three hours. This is 30 years. And, and people forget that often. And, and again, for our, our people listening that are entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, you know, one of the top, toughest things um, is learning where to price yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's the same when you're starting a business, whether you're selling a product or services. Lectured. Yeah. And so don't undervalue yeah. yourself because it matters. No, I get lectured about this yeah. all the time, Mitch, from my clients from from others that I'm worth a lot more than than what I'm charging yeah. my clients for, and and maybe they're right, but I worry that if I put my prices up, I lose my clients. Or, um, you know, the way I see it is, I'm, I I want to give back what I've learned over these last 27 years as a um, author and marketer and, and promoter. I want to give back and I know how much it costs Mm. to publish a book. Mm. I know the expense. And so I don't want to overcharge or charge too much to my clients. I want them to be able to afford me. So, uh, but I do get lectures a lot about that. I'm worth a lot more than what I charge, which is nice to know. It is. And it's a tough battle. I mean, I, I think everyone deals with that often, you know, not, not just people like you and I, who are, who are solopreneurs running a brand. I think, I think large corporate companies deal with that as well, figuring out where to price stuff, what the market holds. And obviously they influence the market much more than we do, but it's, it's still a, you know, it's a problem everyone faces. And so I want to go back. The other thing I thought about when, when we were talking about how many books you've written, over the years. And we were talking about, you know, entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and creatives having all these ideas. How, how do you stay organized? You know, let's say you've got, you've got three books in the oven right now is what you said. So walk us through the process a little bit about number one, how do you make the decision of where to go? You mentioned these paths or roads. And then number two, once you've made that decision, 
how do you really kind of stay organized? Because these things take up energy, they take up thought. And so once you decide which path to take, staying organized on that path really becomes the challenge until you see it through to completion. So what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, if we're referring to my books, especially the three ones that are in the oven, I have um, the sequel to Toxic, and Toxic is a science fiction dystopian erotica, Mm. which I co-wrote with another author. She kept her version clean. I've gone a bit more um, uh, hot with my version. So the audience, the readers, they get a chance of choosing which one they want. It's exactly the same story, but one's spicy and one's not. That's a great idea, by the way. Great idea. Thank you. um, So we did this uh, book and we thought that the world that we made, the dystopian world we made, the world building was just so friggin awesome we couldn't leave it at one book Mm. so we got together on um camera like this it took a a couple of hours and at the end of the two hours we had book two written the Mm. characters the plot the beginning the ending then we gave each other bits um which chapters which scene you want which scene you want we swapped them over we check and we change things she changes things and in the end, the book comes together and it will be toxic too. So that now is at the stage of it's finished. Um, we're both reading our drafts. Then we're going to swap them over and read each other's drafts. And then it will go over to the first edit to the editor. Right. So that's where I am on that one. So all I need to do is find time to actually read the script read the manuscript um and that's that's one of the 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 um stop uh one thing that's uh, like a brick wall at the moment finding time to read that manuscript right now with the second book we've got a i've got a series called outlaw and it's about um a group of people that just don't conform to society's rules um, they live how they want to live. Uh, they are outlaws, especially um, motorcycle club, uh, just like what you hear of the Hales Angels, what goes on. And But um, it's very similar, but it's entertaining. And what happened was I had four books of the Outlaw series. There was um, In Times of Violence, Huntress, um, Lawless Justice and Road Rage. But what I did is I made In Times of Violence into a young adult, as you can tell, the cover's a lot different. Yes, yes. And it's been like one of my bestsellers. You know, this is this has been a quite, this was actually the first book I ever wrote when I was 18. Oh, wow. It was a short story. Um, I got burnt by Vanity Press, so never go near Vanity Presses. Um, so I learned my lesson there. And then I self-published it myself. Um, so In Times of Violence, Young Adult Audition. And that was published in, <laughs> that was published in second edition, 2017, first edition, 2012. And it's taken that long for me to actually mm. start work on the adult version of In Times of Violence, which right. should go with this collection. Because of course you can't have a young adult right. and 18 plus books, it doesn't work. Yeah. So I've started work on 
in Times of Violence, adult edition. Now, what I was supposed to have done, if I was smart, was to take this book, just copy it completely, add some sex into it, mm. add some graphic violence scenes, and bingo, we've got In Times of Violence. Right. The problem is, from 2012, 2017, to now, my writing style has changed. Different. Yep, it's different. Yeah. And when I started writing in times of violence, I looked at it and I went, what am I doing? I'm writing a completely new book, mm. Mm. which is brilliant and great for my readers. But because it follows on, right? Huntress follows on to the young adult version, mm. guess what I have to do after that? Once the adult version of Times of Violence comes out, I need to go to the Huntress and change things in Huntress so it follows on to the In Times of Violence 18. And this will be a single book on its own, uh, standalone. And then I shall finally have the series after all these years of The Outlaw finished and done with. So I'm in the process of writing a brand new book like an idiot. I should, really shouldn't have started it. But like I said, my style changed and I just started writing. I was like, where am I going with this? Oh, my gosh, this is not how it's supposed to be. Um, but that's not going to change now. So that's going to take more time than the other two. Yeah. Um, so and the thing that really bugs me is that I've got all new covers for the Outlaw series and they're ready. And I'm so excited to get them out there and show everyone. But... <laughs> I want to have In Times of Violence published. Yes. So the whole series can come out with the new covers at the same time. Yes. And then the last one is Broken Chains, which is my last um, book that I've written. It's a dark mafia thriller. I've gone darker in this book than any of my other books, uh, which is why In Times of Violence has changed because of the darkness and the violence that I've put in Broken Chains has basically come out into in times of violence right. for some reason. And I understand why now, but I didn't at the time. I was like, where did this come from? What's going on? This isn't how it's supposed to write. You know, this isn't how it's supposed to read. I'm supposed to do it like the young adult one. Um, so that's finished. And I've just finalized a few hours ago the cover. Um, I'm doing a last minute edit that a better reader sent me. She was more like an editor than a beta reader. She was amazing and pointed out stuff that I didn't see. My editor didn't see. Absolutely fantastic lady. So I will be using her again. Um, so that's extra work. But um, I think I'm on chapter 12 of 32. So I would say maybe the weekend, because I don't work at the weekend for my clients, weekends mm. for me, mm -hmm. maybe the weekend I'm finished with the edit. Now, when you finish with the edit, and this is like, this isn't the editor's edit, this is the beta reader edit, I've still got to read the manuscript. Right. So I've got right. to read the manuscript for Toxic 2. I've got to read the manuscript for Broken Chains. So when you say prioritise, it's, it's not just about prioritizing, it's about finding the time to do mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. because I'm still writing in times of violence as well. Right. right. So I've really, I've really 
sort of shot myself in the foot um, by taking on three projects at the same time and doing what I've done with in times of violence. I, I've took the, I should have took the easy way out. Uh, I should have took the easy route, but I didn't. I've gone the long way round. But um, it's all exciting. I'm, I'm really excited about all three projects. Um, they will all one day get out there and they will be out there one day. And um, But there's no deadline because I don't, I'm not contracted. Right. I'm right. self-published, which means I do it when I can do it. Yes. They go out when I'm ready. Um, I have full uh, control of everything. So there's no rush when they're done, they're done. Wow. First of all, thank you for the updates. That was amazing. <laughs> for for people listening to the audio version, uh, go go watch the video version because you're showing us all these covers and the the, the it's a great story. Um, I want to go back a little bit and I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the listener. And so my first question is, and then I want to come back to some other things you mentioned. My first question is you you alluded to you wrote your first book at 18. Is, did I hear that correct? It was a short story I wrote when I was 17 or 18. And it wasn't until I came over to Greece and lived. And that was maybe when I was 20 that right. I finally got it published. And like I said, I made the mistake of right. going with the vanity press right. and got burnt. So. so what really did when first of all, when did you start writing? And then what inspired you to really go with that short story kind of book form at 18? It, um, well, I started writing short stories and poetry and, and flash fiction and everything from when I was 13, 14 in my um, middle school to my lower higher school. And it was the book Outsiders by Essie Hinton and her other books, Rumblefish, um, that was then, this is now, Taming of the Star Runner, um, Texas, um, and many of her books have been made into films starring some very, very big actors when they were, the brat pack, we called them, when they were younger. Uh, Matt Dillon, Emilio Estefaz, yes. just some, uh, Brad Pitt, uh, um, who else is there? Patrick Swayze. A fantastic film, The Outsiders, if no one's ever seen it. And I'm sure everyone knows the book because it was part of the uh, English curriculum over in the US many years ago. I don't know if it still is now. So uh, many people have heard of it. And it was her book. It was, it just blew my mind that um, these group of people that had their own rules and they, the brotherhood they had, the love they had for one another, that they would take a bullet for one another, the closeness. It just really, really got to me. And after I read all her books, I went to the library to try and find what I call rebel fiction. I couldn't find anything. Wow. That was it. Yeah. And I thought, well, there's a hole in the marketplace for it. Yeah. And so in times of violence, there was a story I wanted to tell. Some of my own experiences was in that. It ended up being an 18-page short story. And it wasn't until I came over to Greece, and I have two talents, singing and writing. And there was no way I was going to learn Greek and start singing in a Greek bazooki band or whatever. 
that wasn't <laughs> happening. So I decided because I was so bored. I live in a little Greek village full of donkeys and old people, and there was just no young people around, nothing to do, no cinema, nothing. So I decided to take my uh, writing a step further and get more serious with it. And uh, that's when In Times of Violence um, was turned into my first novel. Hmm. Wow. Uh, it's had three covers since then. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So let's talk about the evolution of your writing. You've, you've alluded to that a few times as well. And, and again, as with anything in life, we evolve and we grow and, and we learn new things and we gain new perspectives. And when you're dealing with art and creativity, that definitely impacts what is manifested through your art and creativity. So how, how do you, I guess, I guess one question I, I'm thinking of is when you see that evolution taking place as you're writing, how do you respond to kind of that natural evolution? Um, and, and how does that guide your work? Because there's this evolution taking place that you almost can't control. And so we're really responding to what's happening innately. I didn't even notice. I didn't notice this this change in my writing style I know that I went darker and I was going darker but I was still I mean it, my my contracted um uh fantasy paranormal fantasy which is clean and young adult um my um supernatural thriller very biographical is young adult right you know, so, and, and my collections, uh, short story collections and flash fictions, they're suitable for young adults. So I started, I mean, I write in all different genres. Uh, there's not a genre I don't think I have, I've, have actually left out. I've even done sci-fi, which is just bizarre. Um, but um, <laughs> I've done everything from, from young adult to erotica. And I think, um, I think it was the erotica side that then got me into more of a BDSM mm. and then violence and then torture and then like just goes darker and darker and darker. Right. Uh, give me a, you tell me you want a young adult book. I will write a young adult book. I can still do that. But mm. my, my style has changed and I didn't realize that until I started writing the the adult version of In Times of Violence. I, I looked at it the other day and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to swear on camera, but um, where did that come from? You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. that's not the way you're supposed to go. So, yeah, I didn't notice there was this evolution. I mean, I, I read like the first book that I ever did and I'm so proud of In Times of Violence. It's my baby, you know. She, she was my first, and, and still it is a big, big fan favourite, Times of Violence, Young Adult Audition, Karina Gantus. Um, and I read it, and I love it, and it's the stuff that I would change only because of the way the environment is now. Right. This was written right. back in the 80s. Yeah. Now you can't smoke. Now you can't, um, you know, there's mobile phones, and there wasn't then, and, you know, so if I if I updated it, um, that then I don't think 
I think the writing would stay the same, but I'd just update it. And of course, you should never do that right. because right. books don't have a timestamp on them. Yes. So yes. never, ever go back to your first book and change anything because uh, it should be like it is. And it should show how you've evolved and how better your mm. writing has mm. become because the more books you write, the more you learn, um, the more you're learning from different editors that you didn't realize you were doing something wrong in your last book. Now you do. And so you can um, tidy it up. Um, so, so the more books you write, the more experience you get with your writing and the more you evolve. But I didn't realize that until I tried writing in times of violence, young adult, uh, adult edition, 18 plus. So how will that guide your writing moving forward? Yeah, good question. Um, well, with Toxic 2, it's an erotica anyway. So I'm still staying. I'm not, it's not dark, um, but I'm still staying, staying in that um, genre. Um, in times of violence, it's going into, uh, it's, it's an outlaw motorcycle club, but we're also going into a lot of violence. Um, there's going to be uh, very explicit sexual scenes. Um, and maybe even BDSM, I don't know. I don't know how far it's going to go. Um, with my next book, I mean, I have, I have two other books that I could start work on again later, but I'm, I'm juggling with these three at the moment. But I do have another two in the, under the bed, sort of in the bottom of the drawer sort of thing that I can work on. And um, I don't know. I mean... I go in stages. I like right. chiclet. I like comedy. I like horror. Um, then I suddenly like uh, motorcycle clubs and I like fantasy. And so to go from in times of violence into um, a token fantasy world, it's like a total, yeah. you know, yeah. 180. But um, so it's whatever gets me at the time. It's whatever I'm reading at the moment. I'm actually reading, even though, I've finished doing the Mafia and I read loads of Mafia books for inspiration, for research. When I was writing Broken Chains, which is now ready to go in the next few months, um, I'm now reading about shifters and werewolves and alphas, and which is something I've never wrote about. And who knows, maybe that'd be my next book, you know? Um, so yeah, I go through different stages of, of, of what I'm, I'm reading and I really get passionate about what I'm reading. And I think I can do a book like that. Mm. And that's when I start writing um, in, in a totally different genre. So when you're, when you're writing these projects simultaneously, because that, that has to happen often, um, you, you can be working on two projects simultaneously or three <laughs> potentially. <laughs> How do you going going back to kind of where we started with the idea of organization? How, how do you keep those characters separate? You keep the timelines separate. You keep the worlds that you're creating separate. What does that What does that look like? Well, with broken chains, it's done, so I don't have to worry about that now. It's just reading the manuscript. With um, toxic, um, we're talking to dystopian world, so right. the world building there is nothing has nothing to do with any of the books that I'm writing or working on. So that's easy to separate because right, the characters, right. the world, the plot, the story 
is totally different from the other two books. Um, in times of violence, I've told you I've gone totally the wrong way on that. <laughs> Who knows where that's going to go in when it, by the time it's finished. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've even given the, the actual names of the main characters and the young adults I'm actually not using in, in times of violence, even though they're the same characters, I'm using road names. Mm. So that's going to be confusing if someone's written, you know, read the young adult and then wants to read the adult because it's the same person, uh, maybe a little bit darker, um, but I'm using a totally different name, even though it's the same person. So um, I'm getting, I, I've really have shot myself in the foot with, in times of violence. And if I had any sense, I would scrap it and just do what I said, because it'd be so much quicker just to throw in those explicit scenes, throw in a bit of violence where it's needed and, and just have a copy of um, yeah. the young yeah, adult version, right. yeah. uh, which would be the easiest way of doing it, but I'm not. And so I am getting messed up with that mm. because mm. I want to go a certain way and um, my characters won't let me now. They won't allow me to to be nice. They won't allow me to follow the same road I did in the young adult. Mm. They're telling me to go a different way, uh, and so I'm 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 getting like two two voices. Um, you should be doing it this. No, we're going to do it this way, and so that's really messing me up. Right. within times right. of violence but with the broken chains it's done finished and with toxic basically it's just read the manuscript now and and get things tidied up but uh, in times of violence it's really messing me up you know it's interesting though i want to draw a parallel here that that maybe maybe people may or may not catch and and that parallel is when you're developing characters you know, really the characters take on the story. It's it's not so much you as the creator creating the story. It's the characters taking on the story. And here's the parallel. When, when you have a team of employees or you're listening to the marketplace with a product, whatever that is, you really have to allow those voices to tell you the story that's taking place. And, and so oftentimes, I see this with business leaders constantly. They want to control the story. They want to control the narrative because they think if they're in control, then less mistakes will happen. They can take care of everything. But what they're missing is when you lose the power of the voice of the story, you've actually lost all control. Exactly, exactly. And if you don't listen to these voices, yes. Um, you will go the wrong way. You will make yes. the mistake of doing, of not listening to them is making the mistake. And when you do listen to them, that's when it's gold. That's when everything works. That's when yes. everything flows. Yep. Well, that, that, that is the art of empowerment, right? To listen to the story and simply respond to what you're hearing. And that's when you really give power. If you're if you're a, a business leader leading a team of people, when you listen to what they're telling you <laughs> and, and don't listen from the standpoint of, well, I'm in control, I'm the authoritarian figure, but rather listen to the story they're telling you and, and, and identify those successes or pain points or whatever, 
that is really living the art of empowerment. And it's the same with creating these worlds that you're creating. You're, you're allowing these characters, you're giving power to their voice. And that's what a great creator does. A great creator yeah. gives power. You know, you started this conversation with creativity is in your blood. And I would argue that everyone does have a bone of creativity. It just manifests differently. For some, it's business. Yeah. For some, it's writing books. For some, it's music. For some, it's multiple things. But you, you, you can't stifle that creativity because when you do, you're losing the voice that you've been given um, yeah. and you just have to go with it. You do. You have to. You have to listen to 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 what they're telling you. Uh, in a, in a business uh, standpoint, um, I am a woman woman uh, business, so I don't have a team to work with. But if I did, and they came up with ideas and they came up with uh, suggestions, I'm not going to knock them down. I'm right. going to listen, right? Yes. Because I might learn something from them yes. that I, I never thought of before. Yes. And they might tell me something I already know and I'll thank them for their uh, contribution to let them know that they can always come to me yes. with their suggestions. And I'm never going to throw it back in their face, whether I've used it before, whether I don't agree, whether I agree. Either way, I want them to know that they can always, I'm always yes. going to listen. And that comes with the stories, with business. It works both ways. You always listen because... Yes. Some people are so creative, they can go out of the box and you would never have thought of doing it that way. And if right. it weren't for listening to that person, it can really take you another step forward. And and, and that's exactly what you're doing in, in creating these worlds and characters, et cetera, et cetera, is, is they, they, they really do just kind of manifest themselves. So, you know, I, I always tell people, it's like, it's like when you have a, a little, little thread hanging from a piece of clothing. And if you pull the thread, it kind of leads you to the problem, right? And so, or the solution and creativity is kind of that way. It's like, you see this little thread and your curiosity takes over and it's like, yeah, I'm going to pull the thread a little bit and see where that takes me. Because if I don't, then I'll never know where I could have gone or where the story could have gone or where the character could have gone. And another thing I love about what you just said is I often have solopreneurs tell me, you know, Mitch, one day when I create a team, I'm going to read your book or I want to listen to your pod, whatever. And I'm like, don't wait, don't wait until you have, like, I love the picture you just painted because that's actually the advice that I often offer people is create your team. Now identify your characters. Now identify the personality traits, identify how you would want your team to function because then as you do that, when it comes time to hire someone, all you're doing is manifesting the character that you've already created. Created, yeah. And what's interesting is that's really the story you've been telling us for the last 40 minutes. That's that's really how you create these worlds and these figures and these characters is you just kind of chase the trail and see where it goes. And, and it it oftentimes leads you to a place that you never thought possible. Exactly. I mean, uh, we are authors, I admit, we are a little bit schizo. You know, we do hear these voices <laughs> right. in our heads. And, and if you don't take notice of them, they don't let you sleep because they're just screaming right. and screaming uh, until you listen to them. And, and honestly, that that is how it works. It's, uh, it's weird. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, when you do listen to them, the gold, yes. that's gold. Yes. It flows. Everything makes sense. Everything connects. 
Um, you're in the zone. It's what yes. we call being in the zone when you start listening to your characters. Um, when you're out of the zone um, and you could, I don't believe in writer's block. I believe in mm -hmm. lack of motivation, mm -hmm. lack of inspiration. Um, you're stuck on this one part. You can't get over that bridge. Okay, fly over the bridge, go to another part <laughs> on that land, um, start another scene from scratch, and you'll find a connection between the two. Yes, yes. It unveils itself, right? But, but the biggest mistake so many people make is they become paralyzed. And it's like, well, I can't get past this barrier. I can't get past this rider's block. I don't know what to do. And so you start freaking out and you, st <laughs> you start doing everything you shouldn't. And, and you yeah, I, yeah. You just yeah. skip it. You, you do that long jump over that hole. Yes. Do that long jump over the hole, get to the other side, start a brand new scene, a brand new um, uh, a conflict because conflicts are so juicy to get into to start writing. I love writing a brand new book. And the first thing I do is a conflict because mm. I can really mm. get my, my teeth into it. Mm. And then once the conflict's been played out, it's why did that happen? Ah. And what's the conclusion to that? Yes. And that's when everything then comes together and you've created a storyline already just from that one conflict at the start of the book. Wow, that's powerful. Powerful. I love it. Um, Karina, tell everyone where they can reach you and where you where would you like to send people right now? You've told us about all these projects that are happening and new books coming. And <laughs> we haven't talked about all my projects. Everything that's happening. It's been wonderful. <laughs> so let's but, talk um, about that then too. Yeah. Tell, tell where do you want to send people right now? That I want awesome. I need more subscribers on my YouTube channel. Um, my YouTube channel has over 350 videos. Everything from uh, panels, talking about authors, talking about their work, talking about world building, uh, where I've hosted a panel or I've been part of a panel. Um, they have me talking about marketing, helping authors. Mm. You have readings that I've done from other authors' books, over 120 videos of actual readings that I've done with narrations by KK. Um, you have my podcast, which is a YouTube show. Then converted into audio podcast which is uh, behind the pen yes. which is uh, not just for authors it's for anyone who holds a pen so that's artists, everyone musicians, everyone art, uh, <laughs> tattooists yeah anyone who holds a pen basically is the guest on my show um so youtube has everything and book awesome. trailers i am an award-winning um international festival award-winning filmmaker of book trailers um and um, they're all on there, so you can go over and uh, have a look at these book trailers that I've made and hopefully get an idea, a, a bigger idea of what uh, this book is about. And it might entice you to go over to Amazon or other places. You don't have to buy yes. from Amazon and um, to, to buy the book. So there are loads of videos over there for authors, for readers, for um, people with the business, um, so many things for you to see over there go over there subscribe to the channel you'll get a um, notification when a new video goes up whether it's a reading or a um, behind the pen episode um, you'll get notified and so I need new subscribers so pop over there it's plenty to see 
Um, you can find me all over social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on um, Facebook, uh, business-wise and as an author. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Goodreads, you can find me. Amazon, of course. Um, you can get my books on Barnes & Noble, uh, Lulu. You can get it on Apple, on Kobo. So I'm all over the shop, everywhere. And... Um, yeah, um, new new stuff is coming out. So if you want to join uh, my mailing list, there's mm. a newsletter going out once a month only. Um, you can go over to Facebook, uh, Karina Ganters, click on the banner, and it has every single link to all of my social media, awesome. all of um, my books. And of course, the the newsletter. If you want to join the mailing list, and you get a free book when you join the mailing list, so Aww. you might as well join anyway, because <laughs> then you get a free book, and you get to see my writing style and everything. And like I say, the prices of my books are ridiculous. They're like oh. um, ninety nine. I mean, Stone Cold, which has just come out as an audio book as well. You can pick up the audio book and the book for seven dollars wow. can you believe that wow. audio book and the ebook seven dollars read and listen at the same time it's amazing i love doing that um in times of uh, violence um one of my best sellers uh if you're into and you know who the outsiders are it's a female version of the outsiders um so go and check that out that is a bestseller if you want something a bit more uh juicier a bit more um heavier then um, go inside an outlaw motorcycle club and find out exactly what goes on in those places and uh, you can find them on my outlaw series and of course if you keep in touch with me on any of my social media you'll know when the new release uh, broken chains comes out and the second book of toxic and one other thing i wanted to mention to you mitch we were talking on my um behind the pen about your singing yes. yes and about uh, you can hear it now my voice is gone already um about the problems we both have with our voices and why we had to stop singing which is something we love to do um after half an hour of talking or an hour of talking you can hear it's actually started disappearing my voice um when the doctor told me that i couldn't sing anymore because of fibromyalgia making the muscles in the back of my throat tired i wasn't going to take that line down because it's something i've had the passion for for many years i used to sing in a rock band um i sing pr in karaoke bars to get people into the bar um i do my own little shows there and stuff so it just gives me so much fulfillment singing that there's no way i was going to stop right so what i did i spent um one winter, last winter, with my youngest, who's an amazing singer, takes after a mum. And uh, we started going through songs that um, my now range can right. handle. Right. That I used to sing Myra Carey and Whitney Houston and Celine Dion without a problem mm. hitting those notes. Mm. Now my range has really dropped my vocal range. And so I was able to find songs that would... I was able to sing and not put so much effort into it yes. where I'd lose my voice before I got to the chorus. Yes. And I was singing songs with my own daughter where I would sing the verse and then she would take over for the chorus because she can hit those high notes and I can't. 
Well, guess what happened? Tell us. I entered on the off chance um, the um, karaoke world competition that is mm. worldwide. Um, Greece didn't have their own team like the US and America and, and the UK and Canada and all that do. Um, so I was allowed to post a video of myself singing and um, to post it onto my YouTube channel, get people to have a look, get the judges to have a look. And I got a email the other day saying, congratulations, you are in the finals representing Aww. Greece. Look in the you. World Karaoke Championships. Breaking news. Congratulations. Oh, my God. That is amazing. I was, I was stoked. Stoked. That is so It's because awesome. I found the right song. Right. You right. know? Yeah. And then when they said to me, right, you need to do another song for the, for the, to get into the, the next uh, stage of the finals. Um, I did four songs and I put them on a, a little secret group in, on Facebook mm -hmm. and I asked people to have a look at the video because it's not just your voice right. and your pitch. It's about artistry. It's about mm. presentation. Mm. It's about um, how you are on camera. Um, so basically you're doing an act. You're yes. not just standing yes. there with the microphone. You're doing an act. So the first one that I did, which actually got me as a finalist representing my uh, country, Greece, was um, Fly Me to the Moon, Frank Sinatra. Okay, yeah. Jazz version. Yeah. yeah. And the video that was chosen and was sent uh, a couple of weeks ago for the next stage was uh, Peggy Lee Fever. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So... And the next one, because I'm already practicing now, even though I really don't think I'll get any further because I'm going up against professional singers, right. whether it's a karaoke right. contest or not. Right. Like in the US, they've been doing this for six months. <laughs> thousands of contestants, thousands of these different stages, and they're only going to have three of them that are going right. to go through to the final. I'm up against 70 singers that didn't put their video on YouTube yeah. that have actually gone through a proper competition through their right. country. Right. So I don't think I've got a chance of getting into the next round, but just in case. <laughs> so I've started uh, doing um, the Blues Brothers, okay. uh, Sweet Home Chicago. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good nice. one. I'm really enjoying singing that. So yeah, I had to tell you about that because we were talking about it. Yes. It's, I'm blown away. I just yes. cannot believe I've got this far with a condition that I have with my throat mm -hmm. and being told by a throat specialist you can't sing anymore. Right. And now I'm representing my country in the world karaoke competition. That is amazing. Good job. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. Breaking news <laughs> on the Mitch Gray show. I love that. <laughs> That is amazing. No, really, we we had a uh, we've had multiple quite extensive conversations about our our um, kind of parallel backgrounds with music, and um, I, I'm not at all at the point where I could enter a competition. So I'm very very you're I'm living vicariously through you. <laughs> so good job, <laughs> good job. That is amazing. Um, thank you for sharing that, Karina. And we're all celebrating with you. Keep us up to date. I love that. 
And maybe by the time uh, this show actually releases, we'll we'll have more news and we can update it um, in the show notes. Yeah, as well. I mean, so, yeah. I think um, the next video, which is the fever one, I think that's actually going to go onto their website. Awesome. And awesome. I don't, I'm not sure if it's people voting public or it's just right. being judged by the panel of judges. Right. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But the next round is in November, so we've got Great. Um, the rest of September, October to to see the video and yeah. um hopefully uh if if it is uh by votes with the yes, public we'll spread, the word. With the yeah. we'll spread the word that is and, awesome yeah most definitely awesome. <laughs> if you and, like it of course because you know like i said i'm, I'm up against some amazing right. singers but right. uh i you know the reason i think i got through i don't think it was my voice necessarily it was because I was playing to the camera. Yes. And yes. I, I, I do my readings with narrations by KK, so I act. Right. right. And so that that artistry and that presentation, I think that's what got me through to the finals. Well, that's very much what karaoke is, right? It's sure you have to be a you have to be a good, a decent to good singer, but karaoke is really about people getting drunk on a Friday night and having a good time. And so, <laughs> and so the more you can bring that to the table, I'm sure that definitely helps. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> it. And we'll put all of your, obviously all of your information on your uh, profile page for the show. And that way people can link over um, easily and quickly. And so cool. Karina, this has been amazing. Um, I love hearing your stories and hearing your uh, philosophies and what you're creating. And it's just, it's so inspiring. Um, and I do want to add as well that that you mentioned having clients multiple times, and and I think I'm going to get this right. You also offer um, some services to help authors. It's called Author Assist, and so I, I want people to know that if you are that person that we joked about that has said, "I've always thought about writing a book," well. Karina might can offer you some support that um, that could help you move along the way. So please and, reach and out. And if you've written a book and you you now you've got it in your yes. hands and you don't know what to do with it, yes. which is nearly forty percent of authors, right. then come to me and I'll show you the next step. Awesome! I love it. Thanks, Karina and. I know your services are great. And, and anytime, uh, uh, anytime someone Googles you, you pop up right away. And so that's, that's some good <laughs> social proof. And I want to add before we end the show, a while ago, when you were talking about all of your awards for, uh, for trailers and film on video, you were just kind of nonchalantly showing us all of those awards. And so I want to tell the people that only listen on audio, go watch the video because it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that as she's announcing her video expertise, she's just nonchalantly <laughs> passing by these 15 awards of, of filmmaking. That's what someone else said to me. It's like, you yeah. don't, you don't brag about your accomplishments, do you? You don't promote yourself. Right. right. I don't. No, yeah. I don't. No, I, know. I don't know why, but I'm I'm not that I should, of course, yes. but I, I don't. Yes. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just won a few awards, you know. <laughs> well you you promoted yourself well today, Karina, and I love it. Oh, thank thank you, you so much for the conversation. This has been amazing. And um like I said, we'll put ever uh, the way people can reach out to you in the profile page. So um, brothers and sisters, thank you for listening to the Mitch Gray Show. I hope you've been inspired again today um, in our conversation with Karina. Make sure you go follow her anywhere uh, you can follow her. We'll have all of her links in the show notes. And make sure you subscribe to the Mitch Gray Show anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
Also subscribe to the Mitch Gray, uh, Mitch Gray Media on YouTube and Karina's YouTube. Subscribe to both of ours. You need more awesome stuff in your life and we're giving it to you. So go subscribe to both pages. And my book is not on sale, but go buy it anyway. How to hire <laughs> and keep great people. Because guess what? I'm probably not going to put it on sale. It's $23, people. I know that a $23 investment to turn your team around is a really good investment. So <laughs> go, go buy it. Karina, thanks again. And we appreciate you and all the best of luck. Thank you, Mitch. Yes, Bye, everyone. Great. We'll talk to you soon.